Uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8 this morning. Uh, we're going to take a look um, at, we're just going to continue on. Last week, if you were here, we talked about three miracles or three plus miracles uh, that Jesus recorded. Um, the healing of sickness as well as the casting out of demons. And now we're going to look at a passage uh, that Jesus speaks to us on how it is that uh, we will go on, what it's going to cost. I got to go to a, a wedding yesterday, and uh, uh, some of you were at that wedding as well. Some of you cruised in late because uh, it was that wedding the day after, the morning after, and that, that's fine. In fact, I, I wanted to have a show of hands. How many of you are ever late to church? Are you relate to church? Raise your hand. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just come. Just come. Some of, sometimes we sit at home and we go, oh, I'm going to be late anyways. I'll just not go because I don't want to uh, spare the embarrassment of being late. Hey, we're just glad you came. Uh, we're not going to wait for you or anything. I just want to tell you that. But we're glad when you come, even if you're late. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's more important that you're here. Um, uh, it's, it's just the way we, we do things around here. Um, some of you are cringing right now because you're time conscious. And you said, did he just give everyone an excuse to be late? And I did. I did. Be not confused. I just want to, you to be reminded it's more important for you to be here. Uh, but I got to go to a wedding yesterday. And uh, I'm a pastor, so I go to a lot of weddings. And uh, I get to spend time with people who are about ready to get married and those who have just gotten married And it's great. Uh, And in fact, if you are single here today, uh, it's good. It's good to be married. Uh, I just want to remind you of that. Um, It's great. It's it's funny because if you've never been married... um, and you, you're, you, you, sometimes you go, I don't know what the big deal is. Why, why get married? And then, cause, cause you don't know how great it could be. You don't know. And then if, uh, once you get married, uh, on the other side, being single as well, you don't know how also how difficult it could be. Um, and how, uh, sometimes it's hard. Life is hard. And it's not just because, uh, you might marry someone that's difficult. It's because you might be someone who's difficult. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to talk about this too much, but uh, it's interesting. If you go on a vacation, uh, I was thinking of vacations. I was thinking of, uh, you know, maybe even uh, going to a college or maybe even a camp or something like that. There's usually a brochure. There's usually a brochure or some kind of marketing material that they give you and say, here, let me explain to you why you should come or why you should be a part of this. And what do they do in those things? Well, um, they uh, put attractive people, uh, attractive pictures of people. And you go, I, I remember uh, a couple of us guys joking in college. Uh, we're like, uh, someone's going to marry that girl who's on the brochure right here. We're going to, where is she? You know, when you come to school and, and you think through these things and you go, I, I want, you, you know, they portray things to be perfect. Uh, and in the brochure and the marketing material, if you will. And, uh, you know, down the road when there's a few bumps, you go, I didn't see this in the brochure. No one explained this to me. Why, why, why wasn't this in the brochure? Where was the full disclosure of all that would happen? 
And this morning, um, Jesus is giving full disclosure of what life of following after him is all about. And this morning, I hope that we can hear clearly, um, see clearly uh, what Jesus is sharing with us about what it means to be his disciple, to be a follower of him. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting at verse 18 down through verse 22. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And the scribe came up and, and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to, lie, to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. God, we ask that you would guide us through your word this morning. Um, God, I pray that you would do your work through your Holy Spirit uh, to reorganize our hearts. God, we struggle in many ways and um, we're manipulative and we try to work you. We try to manage you and manipulate you as well as life and as well as others around us. And Lord, this morning, I pray that you would have your will in us, that we would not be fighting you, but submitting to you. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Marriage is for better or for worse. Uh, it's that blank check, if you will. And uh, we don't like blank checks. We don't like to say, take whatever you will. Have it all. Uh, why? Well, mostly because we don't trust who we're handing it to. We don't uh, understand the worth of the one that we hand it to. You know, for those of you who have... Uh, children in college, would you do that for them? Say so you're going away to college, freshman in college, and uh, you've never lived out on your own, and you just say, here, uh, have whatever you, whatever you need, whatever you need. I trust you with all our money. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. A 17-year-old, junior in high school, it sounds ridiculous. And Jesus is asking, he, he gets in this conversation. We, we find in this passage that there's a crowd pushing in on him. When Jesus saw a crowd around him. Why do you think there was a crowd, by the way? Why do you think there was a crowd around Jesus? Well, we don't know how this fits in chronologically. If this was right after uh, this night where they, uh, he healed many. He had the healing open house. And... If you would find someone like Jesus, not just because of his teaching, but because of his power to heal both those who struggled with demons as well as those who struggled with health issues, and you realize that he, all who came to him were healed, there would be a sense of attraction there. And so as uh, Jesus 
finds himself, he finds a crowd around him. And rightly so. And rightly so. They were excited and they were probably wondering, what's he going to do next? What, what can he do? Well, I can do anything. So, so it's exciting to be with him. And so Jesus finds himself with a crowd around him. And you, you will find other passages just like this, where the crowds are pushing in on him. And Jesus needs to explain to them what it means to be a follower or a disciple of his. So the crowds are pushing in. Lots of people, uh, and it's obvious to know why. He had healed people, all, everyone. He had taken care of them. I want to, before we get into this passage, I want to talk to you about the idea of teacher. Now, we have an educational system. We've had lots of teachers. Um, It's interesting in our um, educational system, you have a new teacher every year. Um, you You know why that is? It's because of what kind of students you were. They could only, you know, it was for the teacher's sake and sanity that they wouldn't have to have you year after year. In the older grades, it's even uh, more built in that they could only handle you for an hour, just a little over an hour. Um, And so they get that break, that five minutes to regain their sanity before they get the next crew coming in. The word teacher um, is not the the same idea in this passage. It's a life coach. It's one that that people would look to them for everything in life. It's that they would be taught how to live, how to live. And so when in this passage we're going to look at, there's a sense of teacher, that Jesus is the teacher. But he's not just the teacher in the sense of giving you a bit of information and good luck to you. But he is pointing to a way of life. He's pointing to the most important things that that someone could learn. and, And he fills that role as model, as guide, as coach to what these people need. The word teacher there's also a word disciple or disciples. And that word doesn't just point to someone who um, kind of follows them around, but is someone who is a learner. And if you put those two together, a teacher of life, a guide, and someone who learns from them. It's interesting. <clears throat> Sometimes uh, we are at different things. Maybe you have piano lessons. Or maybe you go to a practice of some sort for a sport and you just kind of roll in there. You do your thing. It's an hour, hour and a half, and then you walk away. That was not the picture of a disciple. A disciple was one who studied the teacher, who watched the way they lived and and was learning from them. He was getting input on the way of life. And so the word of the New Testament that refers to this relationship is one of teacher and disciple. And this morning, um, this is the context of which or the that which Jesus is calling us to is a teacher disciple relationship. It says the crowds are pushing in and uh, Jesus says, hey, let's go to the other side, go to the other side. He doesn't explain in this passage where uh, we assume that it's the other side of a body of water as we look to the next passage. 
But Jesus is saying, let's, let, let's leave. Let's, let's make some uh, path. And, and the idea there, even that maybe that the crowds couldn't go with them. That it was time to get away. And so he says, you know, there's the crowds there. And he says, let's go to the other side. And one says this. Uh, it says a scribe, um, one of the religious people, Obviously, one that was somehow attracted to the message. We hear the Sermon on the Mount. We assume that the religious leaders were there. Maybe this one was there. Maybe this one just heard of these miraculous healings and uh, the casting out of demons. And he's attracted and he goes, this is different. I'm a religious leader, but I'm going to come and I'm going to follow after this man, Jesus. I see that he is great. But it says this, and the scribe came up to up and said to him, saying to Jesus, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow. I hope that uh, that's the kind of confession that we make to Jesus. I will follow you wherever you go. It reminds me of wedding vows. In sickness and in health, till death do us part, for better or for worse. It's the blank check, isn't it? I'll follow you where, wherever you go. Have you ever thought about marriage? Especially I think of some of you folks who have been married over 50 years. And if you could list out the trials of your life, your married life, if you could list them out. And what if God gave you that list? It actually gave it to the pastor uh, who performed the service. And he could read to you. And he says, I'm glad you're here today in front of all these witnesses. Let me read to you through the list of things that are going to happen in the next 50 years of your life. Wow. That'd be tough. Uh, you think about that, and uh, as Jesus sees this man, he comes to him and he says, he's so excited, he's so excited, and he says, teacher, I will go wherever, whatever it is, I'm following you, I'm following you. That's a great confession, that's a great promise, that's a great uh, bold statement to highlight. And... Many of us like to make things, big statements like that. I'll do whatever. How about this? Well, what I meant was, uh, yeah, you don't really want me to do that, do you? You don't really have that for me, do you? The scribe comes and he, he says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever. I'll go across this body of water. I'll follow you even farther than that. Wherever you go, I'll go. Because I'm going to follow you. And Jesus turns to this man and he says something to him. He, He makes the bold statement, I will follow. I will follow wherever. And Jesus says to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lie his head. He says, you know about foxes where they live? They have holes. They have holes. Uh, Most of them 
they dug them themselves and, you know, they made their home and they uh, figured out a place where it would be good for them. And they, they made their little house, their little hole where they live in. That's where they live. That's where they go at the end of the day. They, they go into that hole. He says, that's what foxes do. They have a place of comfort that they can live. And so that's where the foxes live. And the birds, they have their nest, their nest. I always find it interesting when you see a nest that you think about the the building process of that nest, that they gathered these twigs and these different things and they placed them together. And and that's where they live. That's where they are. Uh, God has intended them to have that kind of place of living. Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds have nests. In fact, if you, if you look back to chapter 6, you remember that Jesus said, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I take care of birds. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about your life. I will take care of you. And now he comes back to birds and foxes and he says, they have a home. They have a home. But then he says, but the son of man has nowhere to lie his head. Jesus refers to himself as the son of man, pointing to his humanity, his earthly time. He refers to himself and he says, I have no home. I have no place. Nowhere to lay your head. You you think about that and you go, what was Jesus saying? He was saying that as he lived, he went from place to place. Undoubtedly, there were places where they provided him a room. But there were other times where he didn't have a room. There's, undoubtedly, there were times where he just slept along the side of the road. He spent time away from a place of comfort. And so Jesus says to this man, he says, who says, I'll follow you wherever. He says, great, but I want to tell you. I want to tell you, foxes have homes, birds have homes, but I don't have a home. I don't have a place to lie my head. This morning, I hope that we have the confession that says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever. The same time, Jesus wants to tell us, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. But there may be a time as you follow me where you don't have a place to lie your head. Which begs the second question, are you still there? Are you still ready to follow? Even if it means not having a place to lie your head? Jesus doesn't say, I won't take care of you. He doesn't say, uh, you will be outside of protection of my hand. But he says, if you're following me, I want you to know that I don't have a place. To, I don't have a home. I don't have the comforts of, the, of having a home, a stable home. This man called him teacher. Teacher. He says to him, he says, teacher, the one that I look to, the one I'm excited, I will follow you wherever. And Jesus says, well, I want you to know that the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, it's rough. In the old days, we didn't have uh, caller ID. 
caller ID in the old days. You remember it well, right? Caller ID is a great invention. What do you do uh, when you see the youth pastor's name pop up on the on your phone? What do you do? Are you excited? What happens if it's around camp time or Mexico time? I'm letting you in on some secrets here, okay? He's looking for a truck. <laughs> he, he's looking for someone to go. He's looking for someone to cook. And, and, and you're, you're, you're looking at that and you go, oh, Brandon, I like, oh, no. Maybe I'll just act like I'm busy. Maybe sometimes uh, you get called upon something and you know, I think of the Mexico trip and your first question is, what are, there, what are the accommodations going to be like? Where, where am I going to sleep? Are there showers? What kind of toilets do they have? I've heard stories. What is it? You think about, uh, uh, you know, going and doing something and you, you say, well, what's it going to be like? Because before I sign up, I want to make sure that I'm going to like it when I get there. And Jesus says, I'm glad you signed up, but I want you to know it may mean not having a bed. It may mean not having a, a place to lie your head. Second conversation that Jesus shares with us, a similar one. And as you look down at it in verse 21, it says, Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. A, a similar conversation uh, with one difference. He says, I, I will follow. I, I will follow. I, I'm with you, Jesus. But, but wait first. I got a few things I need to do before. And one very important one to bury my father. We don't have the details of uh, what that means. It could mean that his father had just passed away. And there were details to go about and to, to do uh, a funeral to prepare. And, you know, had to get all these affairs in order. It could mean that his father was sickly. And was about to die. He was an aged man. And he says, you know, I, I would follow, but it's time. Yeah, I just need to be with my father. And then I will follow you. Then I will follow you. It could have financial implications in that uh, there was a part of an inheritance that uh, the father had and was going to give to him. And so he says, I first got to take care of this to make sure that I'm financially secure. We don't know. We don't know. But Jesus says, he says to him, I, I want you, he, he says, follow me, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. I think about this statement that this, first of all, it was a disciple, right? It was someone who was a, uh, at least on the outside coming and saying, I want to be a learner of Jesus. 
I want to be one who understands him. I want to pattern my life after him. And he says to him, I, I'm, I will follow. I will be one of those ones who, who follows after you, Jesus. But i got a few things I need to do. But first, let me do this. I've got a schedule to keep here. You know, I've got things I need to do. I've got the to-do list. And you're down about number six, Jesus. I'm going to get to you. You're very important to me. I will follow. But first, permit me to do this one thing. And Jesus says to him, he says, uh, leave the dead to bury their own dead. It's tough to know what this means. Um, If the man was truly dead, his father was dead. he, He says, let those who are spiritually dead, most likely, take care of those details because it doesn't matter now. It may mean that uh, as he looks at this, he says, I'm, you're looking at these things that you need to do, and I'm just calling you away from them to do something else. But Jesus says, I want you to hear it loud and clear. He says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. As we look at this, these two sections, these two passages, this is discussing the infinite worth of following after Christ. You say, well, what, what does it mean when you'll go wherever? What does it mean that you'll even look at family obligations and you'll say, I, I will go and do something else, even over those things, even in the death of your father? It sounds too significant. It sounds too extreme. And I just want to tell you this one thing. It's not extreme if Christ is of infinite worth to you. Jesus was not saying, don't care about your dad. All the dads here should say amen. But what he's saying is, if I call you to something different, if I call you to follow after me, that's where you should go. This morning, I have a a few points for us to think about, about the infinite worth of following after Christ. This morning, as we come, we might be kind of one of those ones that that comes and he says, I'm just checking things out. I'm just checking things out. Well, it's a good day for you to check things out because Jesus is giving full disclosure as we look at this passage. First point I want to ask, and it's a question. Are you a disciple and is he your teacher? Are you a disciple and is he your teacher? Most of us, uh, I'll say it this way, most of us like to pick and choose. We read articles of tips on how to live, best places on uh, best careers, best places to live, uh, financial advice. Any hobbies, we we gather all this information, we pick and choose, and we say, I just gather it all, and then I decide. I want to ask you, are you a disciple of Christ? And is he your teacher? Is he your special teacher that you just don't pick and choose, but you, you take in, you listen, you watch, you listen for his voice of direction? 
see the final word in your life. The second thing I want to share with you, I want to ask you, it's a question as well. What is it worth to you to follow Christ? What is it worth to you? And you say, well, I don't know, like whatever, you know, I'll do whatever. Will you? Will you do whatever? You say, well, what could that mean? That's a good question. What could that mean? For some, it will be a career path change. I feel like Jesus doesn't want you in the career that you're in right now. And he'll pull you away. What else could it mean? Well, it could mean a connection to less finances that you might struggle because he's calling you to something different and it'll take more time so you can work less. It'll take more generosity. And so you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. What about for us in marriage? It might be for some of you here this morning. It might, it might mean for you to stay in a marriage that's awful and hard. It might. Is it worth following after Christ? What is it worth to you to follow after Christ? For some of us as parents, it might be not giving up on children that are a pain every day. Every day. That are a burden. That are hard. This is what it means to follow after Christ. He might take you through this path. And what's interesting this morning, as I share with you, I would love to find the scripture that outlines exactly what that means for you. But I don't know. I don't know what that means for you. There's this interesting thing that Jesus has as a teacher and us being his disciple. He has a personal relationship with each one. The principles of Scripture are for all, yet the application, and He might have something for you different than He has for me. And the question is, will you follow Him? Will you follow Him? Lord, I'll go with you wherever. Will you go with Him wherever? Will you follow Him now? Or are there things that you're putting off following him as as your lord as your teacher and you being his disciple you see if it's worth it to you you'll do whatever it's worth it because the infinite worth of christ he's worth everything to you you say i don't know if it's worth it to me consider christ again If it's not worth it to you, consider him again. Consider where you can go to have your sins forgiven. Consider who loves you more than him. Consider what kind of life and joy you can have without him. And then consider Christ. The infinite worth of Christ. And then I I just want to share this with you. Is a statement. It says, Your comfort, your schedule, your family, and your future plans may, lo- may not allow you to follow Christ. Think about that. Your comforts may not allow you to follow Christ. And you say, Well, what do you mean by that? 
If you're deciding whether following Christ is going to be comfortable for you, before you say that you're going to follow Christ, I tell you, it will, it will drag you away from Jesus. If you consider the implications this means for your schedule, you know what? Um, Jesus is inconvenient, if I can say it that way. He will not fit into your schedule. I want to tell you, the King of Kings doesn't ask if it's a good time. It's His time. You may say, well, what about family? Yeah, what about family? Some of your loyalties are greater to your family than it is to Jesus. And they might not allow you to follow after Christ. For some of us, as we consider our future plans, what our desires for the future are, you say, well, I don't see how I can follow after Christ and still have my own plans. And you're right. Your future plans might not allow you to follow after Christ. You have the attitude of saying, I would, but this, but this other thing. This morning, I know that there's struggles in our hearts. There's specific issues here in this room in our hearts. We're struggling within our own mind and we say, yeah, but I want to, I want to say something just, this is not a person calling you to that. This isn't a pastor. I know that many cults today call people to do things. They call people to give money, to follow without reservation. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a man like me calling you to anything, to follow me. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Jesus, the King of Kings, the one that has willingly sacrificed his own life to say him, for him to say, you need to follow me, Jesus. I love you. It's also, uh, it's not the idea, I, I want to guard you against this as well. Some of you think that a hard life is the thing that we should seek. You say, oh, that, that pastor was preaching today that we shouldn't have a bed. I'm going to sleep on the floor. It's not, it's not, it. it's not, it's not hard for hard's sake. It's that the path of following Jesus might lead you to that. And that we shouldn't say, what are the accommodations going to be on this trip? How is this going to work out? Um, I, I want to just confess to you that we live in a world that says, just be happy. Just be happy. Seek whatever you want. Whatever you think will make you happy, that's what's most important. And we even try to baptize it and say, Jesus wants me to be happy. Jesus wants me to be happy. He does. I, I want to say this. He does. Re- read through the Sermon on the Mount. He leads us to the life of blessing. Happiness is not what we decide or what we can plan in the future. Happiness, fulfillment, or the life of blessing is following after Jesus. This morning... Uh, as I think through this passage, I know that there's much to sort out. I want to encourage you not to let this one go. To ask the question, Jesus, what, what are the steps you want me to take today? What, what is that thing that you're calling me to do? 
I've been pushing it away. I've been wanting to do my own thing. And part of it is my own discomfort. And I just, I keep pushing it away. What is it you want me to do? Jesus called these folks, as he's calling us today, to follow him. It's good for us to do so. Let's pray. God, I ask that you would continue this work of your word in our hearts. God, help us to sort out uh, where we're at. Help us not to uh, consider the cost too high, but that we might consider the worth of your son too great to say, put any limitations or wait another second. God, I ask your blessing on your people. I ask that you continue to draw them to yourself. Help them to take steps of faith as they seek to follow Christ. Thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.